0: We made USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at usaa.com bundle. USAA. Restrictions apply.
1: All right, so check this out. My dad and I used to go garage sale shopping a lot throughout the summer. Sometimes we would drive aimlessly around until we found one which is what happened in this experience about 10 years ago now. Dad wasn't super interested in that sale because it was mostly dolls and some other floral themed antiques. The latter was right up my alley. And I was curious about who would have so many dolls. So I wanted to stay and maybe get to know the seller. So he dropped me off and I told him it might be a while. The house the sale was at was also interesting as it was pastel pink, and the roof was purple, with lots of scallop and curlicue patterns. An old lady approached me as I was staring at a doll with thick brown hair and dark eyes, and told me that the doll looked like me, with a thick Russian accent. I thanked her, and I asked her about her dolls. She told me I was kind, and invited me in for tea and chocolate. I was excited, and I agreed immediately. Inside her house was also pink. The walls, the carpet, even her appliances. It really did give me the feeling of being inside a dollhouse. When we sat at a small table for tea and chocolate, there were dolls seated there with us. Even so, I remember she was wonderful to talk to and asked me about my life a lot as well. Eventually, She told me she wanted to show me something and took me into her bedroom, which was also pink with shelf upon shelf of dolls. There was a really old doll, I say old because the paint was faded and chipped in a Victorian dress sitting on the end of one shelf and she picked it up gingerly. She told me when she was a little girl in Russia she had a doll that was her only toy because they couldn't afford much else for her her brother had thrown it out of a window though and it was run over by a carriage then years later she immigrated to america to marry her husband who ended up being abusive she was able to divorce him and went house hunting when she found this house she told me she went into the bedroom and that doll from her childhood the very same one smashed to pieces all the way on a random street in russia was sitting whole and unbroken in the middle of the empty bedroom apparently that's when she knew that this was her home i'm not gonna lie i was pretty creeped out by this story but i also felt sad thinking of how mournful her voice sounded throughout this story And she decided to give me one of the dolls from her bedroom, in addition to some see-through lace nightgowns, apparently from the first years of her marriage. I still have the doll to this day. A few years ago, I had a psychic do a reading of the doll without telling her anything about it, and she told me that she had an image of a lonely old woman in a pretty house having tea and chocolates at a small table with a bunch of dolls. Just today, while I was hanging out at a buddy's place, we somehow got into a discussion about one of his former jobs. The work that he did there involved working with huge trash piles that were about to be totally compacted and disposed of. The bay he worked on was where people from the local community came to unload their garbage. As my buddy told it, one evening, close to the end of his shift, an older man pulled in to unload according to my buddy, the guy was kind of scary and really just plain creepy. Now, my buddy isn't skittish by any means. He's at least six foot tall, close to 250 pounds, so he's definitely not a chicken or anything. Anyways, the creepy guy proceeded to start unloading his garbage from the back of his old, beat-up pickup truck. What he was unloading appeared to my buddy to be two large black contractor's trash bags taped together at the two openings to form a longer enclosed bag. My buddy watched as the old guy picked up the large black plastic wrapped package. He picked it up and carried it much like one would carry a bride over a threshold. The package seemed to be awkward, floppy, and limp. He watched as the old man rolled and heaved his mysterious package over the edge of the bay and into the garbage pit. Then my buddy noticed that the limp package was about the size of an adult human body. Out of cautious curiosity, my buddy turned to the old man and asked him what was in the bags. The old man's answer chilled him to his bones. That creepy old man told him with a dead, serious tone and expression, Well, son, it's a dead body. With his mouth agape, my buddy couldn't do anything but watch as the old man got back into his truck and calmly drove away from the trash pit. As soon as the old guy was gone, my buddy stopped the tractor from scooping the trash pile in the bay so he could look and see what was actually inside those bags. Unfortunately, though, it was a big company in the small area and they had a lot of strict rules and regulations for the employees to follow. One of those main rules was that the employees were not allowed to open any bags or containers for any reason. So he never did find out what was in those bags, but he sure never going to forget how creepy and scary that was. When I was in my early twenties, I had a very questionable taste in men. Even when my intuition knew something was off, I would just chalk it up to butterflies or something dumb like that. Well, I wish I would have trusted my gut on this particular night. I had an old coworker who reached out to me via Facebook as soon as my status went from in a relationship to single. That should have been the first red flag, but I was young and stupid. He told me he always thought I was cute but knew that I had a boyfriend and he wanted to be quote, respectful. I thought that was pretty decent of him and while I wasn't 100% attracted to him, he was nice and offered to take me out on a proper date. I didn't drive at the time and he lived about 45 minutes away. He agreed to pick me up for drinks and sushi, my favorite. I worked the a.m. shift at a bookstore and told him I needed to be home no later than 10 p.m. Hey, a girl needs her beauty sleep. Anyways, he promised that he would have Cinderella back by 10. Exact words. I thought cute at the time, but thinking back now, not so cute. So he picks me up and we go to this great little sushi spot. He orders me a Cosmo and we get to talking. He seemed extremely attentive and sweet, so the more we talked, the more I felt I could actually develop feelings for him. Midway through the date, his phone rings and he takes the call. He comes back and says he has to stop by his house really quick before dropping me off home because his roommate got locked out. I told him that's fine, I'll just wait in the car while he lets his roommate in and he agreed. The date ends. We get to his house and there's music blasting from inside i was super confused and a little annoyed he tells me to come inside for a second to meet his friends they were having a full-on rager i was never into smoking and i would only allow myself one drink on a first date so for me this was completely out of my comfort zone i told him i was uncomfortable and that i had to be back home i turn around and this dude is hitting the bong he sits down and tells me he can't take me home since he's high. I was in disbelief. Mind you, this was before Ubers and Lyft, so I was basically stranded. I sat down on the sofa, and he kept putting his hand on my leg, and I politely told him to stop. I admittedly regretted wearing a dress at this point, and I could feel my eyes well up. After about the fourth time of removing his hand from my leg, I got up and I excused myself to the bathroom. I texted everyone that I could think of, but it was a Friday night, and most of my friends were drunk or in the city. I texted one person who I hadn't spoken to in like a year, praying he'd somehow feel my panic through the text. No such luck. Nobody texted me back. I cleaned myself up, and I composed myself. The guy was waiting for me as I opened the door, and he cornered me. He pushed me back into the bathroom and my blood ran cold i had never been in a situation like this before and was fully prepared to scratch and kick if it came to it he told me i was being a prude and he tried to kiss me i pushed him away and just as i did my phone lit up and buzzed that friend who i didn't think would text me back he didn't instead he called me even after a year of not talking He knew me well enough to understand that I needed help. He asked me for the address, and the douche wouldn't tell me, so I asked around until some random girl at the party gave me the address. I waited outside for my friend, shaking like a leaf. It wasn't a cold night. I was just that scared. When my friend pulled up in his car, he wanted to go in and beat the crap out of the guy, but I strongly advised against it. There was a house full of bros in there, and I just wanted to go home. I blocked that dude after receiving a text saying, I don't know why you're so mad. Hmm. He was a creep, and from that night on, I've learned to always trust my intuition. I'm not really a firm believer in anything, because we can always learn something new And to commit wholly to one idea puts blinders on to other possibilities, so I always try to stay open-minded. With that, I don't necessarily believe in ghosts, although I do think it's possible, I just don't firmly believe it. But that may be the only reasonable explanation for what happened. I was camping in Acadia National Park off-season with my roommate. We were literally the only people at this campground. It was primitive camping as well, so when in season, there's a central parking lot and you park there and then take all your gear and trek to a campsite. Since it was off season, even the road to that parking lot was closed, so it was a fairly long trek to the campsite. Everything was wet. It wasn't raining all the time, but it was early spring in Maine, so everything was still cold and wet. We picked wood up off the side of the road from someone that just had wood for sale at the end of their driveway. It was one of those spots where they had wood to take and just a box to drop money in. We could not for the life of us keep a well lit fire. I'm an avid camper and I'm very used to getting a fire started and keeping it going, but we could not get this fire started. It was so bad that we constantly had to fan it and give it some oxygen if we wanted this fire to even keep us warm in the cold damp so here we are standing next to our dimly lit fire taking turns fanning it keeping it lit to try to stay warm the night is going by and we're just talking sitting by the fire then all of a sudden we see this extremely dim light coming from afar in the woods like i said We were, from what we could tell, the only people at this campground. We're staring at this light, as we're obviously beyond curious as to what this could possibly be. The light's moving slowly, and we can tell that it's moving towards us. There's no way someone, or something, saw our fire and decided to head our way. I promise, they could not see our fire because I was standing in front of it, and I could barely see it. Eventually, The light makes its way all the way to our campsite. What appears to be a female walks into our campsite. No flashlight or anything, by the way. Now I say what appears to be a female because what woman in her right mind would approach two men in the middle of the damn woods with no one else around? I was so taken aback I can't even remember the entire interaction, but she did ask us to come with her because she has dry firewood. Me and my roommate looked at each other, both knowing full well, there's no way anyone around here has dry wood. The awkward interaction continued for probably just two to three minutes. When she decided to leave, she turns around, walks out of the campsite, and when she turns the corner to walk away, our fire instantly goes out. Complete darkness. We found out later, there's an old graveyard not too far away. Like I said before, I don't necessarily believe in ghosts, but I have no good explanation for what this was. A random woman walking through the woods at night and approaching two men just seems like something no woman should ever do just out of pure safety concerns. Ghost? Alien? Succubus? I have no clue. I can't explain it, and it still gives me the chills to this day. Late one night, me and my younger sister were headed home after smoking with some friends. I was driving her car, and I tend to take the side roads home to avoid speed bumps on the way. Anyway, as we're making our way down the road, we were about five minutes from my house, we encountered a car crashed head-on into a ditch. I found this extremely odd as it was crashed perpendicular to the road as if the driver did it almost intentionally my sister shouted at me to stop the car because someone could be hurt so i did the car appeared to just be stuck and standing outside of it was a man who looked to be about 18 or 19 blonde hair maybe 5 8 my sister then stupidly hops out of the car and i follow this dude was awkward no injuries he just kept saying didn't know what to do and that he needed help my sister was trying to be nice but i was genuinely creeped out i offered to call the police for him and he declined asking if i had a rope i could tie to his car to help him pull his car out of the ditch with i declined and again told him the only way i could really help is to just call the cops to which again he smiles but declines at this point I'm even more freaked out because one, we're both females. What were we supposed to do to help if I already said we didn't have anything? Two, it's late at night. Where is his phone? Why isn't he calling his family or any friends? Why is he just out here waiting? Three, my sister's tiny car wasn't pulling anything out of the ditch. And four, he looks like he's trying to inch closer to my sister. I call my dad, and he says there's no way that he can help. He wasn't home at the time, but he senses the nervousness in my voice, and he tells me to get out of there. It was weird. He wasn't even making suggestions. He just kept staring at us like his car wasn't in a ditch. Mind you, it's like 10pm now. Now I'm not the strongest female in the world, but being an older sister has gifted me with crazy strength when it comes to protecting my siblings so i was preparing myself to attack this dude if he even took one more step towards her i motioned my head to my sister trying to get her to get back into the car and i think she was also picking up that something was off and she inched back into the car and we got in i told the guy that we were very sorry but we couldn't really help and I called the police as I drove off. I never heard anything from the police, but the strangest thing was the very next day, there was the same accident, literally on the road perpendicular to that one. I saw it on my way to work just a little ways down from my house, almost like it was a setup, and he was trying a new spot. I wasn't sure, and I didn't stick around to find out. I called my mom, and she told me to mind my business and let the authorities deal with it. I did talk to my sister, though. I know she has a good heart, but I don't want her to get hurt. She told me when we got back into the car that she thought he might have been drunk. Regardless, the situation was creepy. The final two stories in this video deal greatly with depression and thoughts of self-harm, so one, consider this your trigger warning and two if you are suffering from anything like this or if you know somebody that is then please do me a favor and call the number on the screen or pass it along to somebody who needs it Uh, we need to keep as many of our friends with us as possible thank you this happened almost 10 years ago but it still gives me the creeps whenever i think about it I was finishing college, living back with my parents in our sleepy little town, and had rekindled an old friendship from high school to pass my days. Madison was a chill girl, and I got along very well with her boyfriend and brothers, so I ended up spending a fair amount of time over at her place. Madison's mom was a nurse who enjoyed training for marathons, so if she wasn't at work, she was usually out running. Her dad, on the other hand, was off on disability and home every day, except for delivering the paper around the neighborhood at about 4 a.m. Through passing conversation with Madison, I learned he had been a professor before going off work, but I didn't feel it was my place to inquire further than that. He was never anything but pleasant to me during our interactions, but I was always struck with the notion that he seemed very distracted by something, as if there was always another conversation happening that he needed to return to. My parents are the type who always have questions about my friends, even if I was a 22 year old college student. So I filled them in on what I knew and where I had been spending my afternoons. My mom asked me if I knew what her dad was off on disability for. I told her that I didn't, at which point my dad piped up and said he believes he deals with some mental illness. He then gently explained that he had responded to a 911 call with the volunteer fire department to go retrieve Madison's father out of their garage after a failed suicide attempt. My heart went out to everyone involved, and my questions surrounding her dad were satisfied. I continued hanging around Madison and her family for the rest of the summer, never having any issues besides a hangover the next day. One night... We were all over at madison's house celebrating someone's birthday i think everyone was congregating in the kitchen sharing snacks drinking wine dancing even madison's parents were down and having a good time with us her dad came over to me calmly with his drink and asked if he could speak to me in the other room just off of the kitchen i agreed and i followed him thinking he was probably going to ask me to move my car When we got to the other room, I could see the concerned look on his face and I became a little worried, hoping I hadn't done or said anything wrong. He said, Amanda, I don't mean to scare you, but my paper route is through your neighborhood and I saw something the other night. While I was heading down your street, I noticed a man coming towards me on the other side of the road. I don't usually see anybody else out that early, so I was a little surprised, but as he got closer, I noticed he had no feet. Now, Madison's dad made eye contact with me as he said the last part, and I could tell he was being serious. He went on. I had no idea what to do, and I just froze, and he just floated on past, he said with a dramatic arm wave. Madison's dad then began to shake his head as if saying no. He continued, "'Anyways, I think it's a reaper,' and I thought you should know. He made eye contact again with me but he smiled sweetly. I picked my jaw up off the floor and managed to thank him for letting me know. He nodded dutifully as we went back into the other room rejoining the party. I told Madison about it later on in the evening just so she would know what was going on with her dad. She seemed embarrassed but not surprised by this information and told me to ignore her dad because he was crazy. Her dad carried on as usual around me after that and never brought it up to me again. After I finished college and moved out, Madison and I sort of lost touch. I really don't think about her that often. I do, however, always check to make sure people have feet when I'm out walking in the early morning hours. my girlfriend and my mother hated each other my girlfriend and i had been dating for several years since college she was about three years older than me and had been married and divorced when she was quite young when i first saw her i thought she was the most beautiful woman i had ever seen when things were going well with her our relationship was like magic whenever we were together the rest of the world seemed like some vague blur happening distantly outside of our little paradise. We had never taken our relationship to the next level of living together or marriage for two reasons. Firstly, our relationship was very unstable. About every other month, she would break off with me for about a week. Then she would call me and we would get back together, because she was incredibly lonely and missed me, as she really had no other friends. She was always playing games with me, saying these vague statements that could be interpreted any number of ways, inventing imaginary guys who were crazy about her to make me jealous, and so on. This should have all been a huge warning to me, because she was very attractive and super intelligent, yet she had an incredibly hard time making social contacts with anyone other than myself. I had been a very shy, awkward guy in high school and she was the first really attractive woman who ever showed an interest in me. So basically, I was a sucker for her and forgave her game playing and her devious behavior. Also, the connection we had when things were going well was so deep and almost magical. I've never felt anything quite like that connection in my life. The second reason is that I was living with my mother because my mom was mentally ill with schizophrenia and needed me around in case things got out of hand. My girlfriend resented that very much and my mother hated her as she viewed her as a threat. I hadn't told my girlfriend the extent of my mom's mental illness so she thought I was just a mama's boy. One day I came home from work and found that my mother... well. Let's just say I found my mother. She had been depressed for a while, but she seemed to be pulling out of it. I had no idea she was planning to take her own life. I didn't want to stay in the house where I found my mom, so I moved in with my girlfriend until I could find a place, or we decided to make the arrangement permanent. My girlfriend immediately started complaining that I was emotionally distant. I guess so, after finding my mom dead. Weird things started to happen. I told my girlfriend I had a nightmare about my mother reaching out of the grave to grab my ankle with a cold, clammy hand, like in the movie Carrie. The next morning, I woke up from the same nightmare. My ankle was wet, as if someone had wet their hand and grabbed it. My girlfriend was asleep next to me with her hands tucked in tight under her chest. It was obvious to me that she had wet her hand and grabbed my ankle to trigger that dream again. So you're probably saying that this story is crap. This guy just had a run-of-the-mill crazy girlfriend, but now the really awful stuff begins. Two weeks later, I was at my mom's place cleaning it up and my best friend since grade school dropped by. We stayed late talking and I missed dinner with my girlfriend. I got my buddy to drive me back to her place and when I went upstairs, the whole apartment was dark and she didn't answer when I called her name. I went into the bathroom and I turned on the light. The wall around the switch was streaked with blood. It looked like something the Manson family would have done. Blood all over the wall. I whipped around and my girlfriend was sitting on the floor by the tub with blood soaking her blouse and her jeans. Of course, I thought that she had tried to kill herself and I grabbed her hands to examine her wrists. There was only a big deep gash on the ball of her thumb. She claimed that she had been drinking wine in the dark in the bathroom and broke her glass and accidentally cut herself. She was obviously squeezing her thumb to make the blood flow. She claimed to be drunk, but she didn't even have an alcohol smell in her breath, and she sobered up very quickly when I wanted to take her to the ER for stitches. She had elaborately staged the whole thing to get my attention a guess or maybe just to drive me off the deep end and destroy my mind that moment was like a lightning bolt of revelation to me i realized right then that if she was capable of staging a fake suicide right after i found my mom's real suicide she could be capable of anything i stayed in the relationship for another month or so but at that moment i knew it was only a matter of time before i had to get out Everything blew up soon after when she, and I'm almost 100% sure of this, faked a pregnancy then insisted on getting an abortion, of course likely also faked, because she didn't want to have a child that might inherit my mother's illness. My mom's diaries that I read later revealed that a large part of her decision to commit suicide was because she did not want to see me, quote, end up with that woman. Sure. Mom was mentally ill, but this was a real concern to her. Death and unhappiness seemed to follow my ex-girlfriend. Just before I met her, when she broke up with her ex-boyfriend, he left her place and got stinking drunk and later that night he ran over a man and his son crossing the road, killing them both. When I spoke to her a last time just a few years later, I found out about another suicide that she had involvement in. My, by this time, ex-girlfriend had gone to New York for a work-related meeting and she brought home bedbugs from her hotel. Her apartment building became infested with bedbugs for over a year and her next-door neighbor killed herself in despair over the problem. They had engaged in several huge arguments over this before the event happened. Another death that she had a hand in was her ex-husband, I found out from a mutual friend that after she and I finally broke up, she started contacting him again and continually led him on to believe that they would get back together. This went on for several years and when she told him finally that it would never happen and that they would always be nothing more than friends, he drank himself to death in just over a year. She obviously tried to destroy my psyche but at least things didn't go that far with me.